you have one. I don't think you have one. So. Welcome to episode 161 as everyone talks in the background of the Mid-Off Podcast. <laughs> Mid-Off because by midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, the man voted most likely to receive cricket club emails that don't apply to him, Mick, and let me introduce you to the rest of the team. Next up is the man voted most likely not, not have done anything too stupid in the last four not for me to make fun of, so welcome, David. Ah. One of the only times I haven't done something fucking ridiculous. Thank you. <laughs> Being awesome. Next up is the man, but it's most likely to get carded because his cricket pants are too tight. Welcome, Alex. Yep, yep. I uh, can confirm I am not a medium. Uh, I'm just not a medium. Alex, when you were in your run-up, how many Ks do you reckon your tight pants would cost you? <laughs> I'm going to say 10 to 15 Ks. <laughs> okay. I will somehow quicker. Really? Yeah, mm, yeah. Okay. Sped me up. Uh, and lastly, is the man voted most likely to let his kids cut his own hair so he looks like a POW. Welcome, Roscoe. <laughs> uh, it's amazing what a number three all over can do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to the Frederick Hale Stock Company Studios. This is a tight ship production brought to you by Big Lug Enterprises. All righty. So there's been a bit going on in the last uh, fortnight and a bit of cricket around the world. So first thing we're going to touch on, we're going to touch on this just because it has been news and we can't, we, don't, we chose not to ignore it, but let's quickly touch on what's been happening in Yorkshire in the uh, UK. So um, Yorkshire County Cricket Club has been suspended from hosting international games at Headingley. And um, basically, and, and former um, England skipper Michael Warner also has been caught up in this, and it's all to do with um, Azim Rafiq's racism investigation. So, um, so for, the, for those of you playing at home, um, Azim Rafiq is an English-born or English player of Pakistani descent um, who plays for Yorkshire. He's also captain the England under 19s. Um, so, basically, last month. Yorkshire, after an independent investigation the claims that uh, Asim had made, um, said that they would not take any action against any of their employees, players or executives following the release of this independent re- report, which actually found that Rafiq had been a victim of racial harassment and bullying in his first spell at the county from 2008 to 2014. That is a six-year span they found Jesus. that he'd been racially harassed and the county's response was, no, we won't do anything about it. So the ECB come in over the top, unsurprisingly, and said, well, until you sort yourself out and take some responsibility, you will not have any international cricket at Headingley. So that means there'll be no test matches or one days or T20Is or anything at Headingley in the near future. Um, they also, yeah, that's, a, that, that's the main thing. And there's some other things about, you know, not meeting standards. And there's going to be some money um, ramifications and all that. They've also lost several sponsors Yorkshire have, including Nike, the Emerald Group, uh, Emerald Group Publishing, Yorkshire Tea and Tetley Bitter have all torn up their sponsorship deals with them. Um, in a move that was a little bit more just posturing than anything, but the ECB also have um, suspended Yorkshire batsman Gary Balance from ever being selected to play for England um, again indefinitely, yep. But the problem with that is he hasn't played for England since 2017. So it's a little bit, uh, it's a bit like the Shane Watson retiring from Test Cricket when he hadn't played Test Cricket for four years. But but apparently Gary Balance did come out and admit that he had used um, racially insensitive um, language when referring to uh, Rafiq in the past. So 
he did it, which is horrible. He owned it, which is something at least. And the ECB has basically handed down what they could hand down, which is a bit worrying that he admitted all that was in the report and he's taken responsibility for it. And Yorkshire still didn't feel that they had to take any action against him, which is a really fucking interesting stance from them mm. as a cricket thing. Um, Michael Vaughan got caught up in all of it as well. Um, he got accused of saying to Rafiq and a couple of other um, subcontinent Asian players that were at Yorkshire at the time saying, there's too many of you lot, we need to do something about it. Apparently he got accused of saying. He's come out um, wholeheartedly and denied these allegations, unsurprisingly, and said that um, whilst uh, whilst recollection of words from 10 years ago cannot be 100% accurate, he knows that he never said those words. So it's a bit of he said, she said with that the investigation isn't finished as well there's some other things going on inside of it so this might not be the end of it but that's where we sit right now so um yeah not ideal for yorkshire not ideal for poor old rafiq oh, it, sounds, it sounds like a horrible experience yeah but um yeah so yeah so no heavenly test for a while so someone else is going to get some test cricket yes roscoe yeah, it's interesting. How do organisations, I wonder, just let this... Uh, culture's a funny word, you know. It's sort of hard to pin down what exactly it is at times. But it's interesting that uh, organisations can just have this permeate through them and sort of, I guess, no one pulls anyone up. It's just the done thing. And no one has an independent thought to say, hang on, like, you can't do that. That's not, that's not right. There's no whistleblowers until years later. Um, it just it, I'm not knocking anyone. You can if you get racial abuse and you want to talk, don't want to talk about it, and then five years later you do. That's fine. That's no, no issues with that. But just that there's no one of all the people involved in that club that you know there's 15, 20 players, staff, uh, chairmen, all this sort of stuff that no one until now said, "Hang on, you know you can't be saying that," or you know coaches and all that sort of stuff who change clubs and come from other places. Same with players. Yeah, just if you think these sort of things don't happen these days, that sort of thing. But the more we learn about it, the more it seems like it does. Mm. Yeah, well, exactly. And, um, for those who live in Australia, we basically had a very similar thing happen in Australian rules football with uh, the Collingwood Football Club, which is the football club I brag for, which has uh, had a similar situation where some former players have made some um, comments and things like that, and it was an investigation. There was found that the club needed to, in their words, do better, as the report was called, to do better report. And you've got to take it with a grain of salt. Apparently, they're doing their best to try and rectify some of it, but it does. It makes you wonder at the time, like why some of this shit had wasn't called out then as well, like mm. it's and not uh, by the. And I mean, boys like bystander type callouts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, mm. if someone's uh, here, one person says something of a racial nature to someone else that the third party's not calling it out. That's what I'm yeah. surprised at, probably. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, is it like the cutthroat nature of the elite sport where everyone's just sort of trying to toe a line to yeah. get where and they would like to be? I mean... Don't want to rock the boat. Yeah, that um, seems certainly the case for Collingwood. You would, yeah. I mean, judging from afar, I guess, but you think that was the case of why that sort of culture permeated? No one wanted to talk because, oh, well, if I do... I might not play next week, you know. It might be the case yeah. in Yorkshire, even you know, judging further from afar. But. It was interesting that Balance did apologise, but he said that I think he well, – I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think he said at one point that it was like uh, they were mates and 
he was at his wedding. Yeah, there was stuff, some wording like, like you know, that. just yeah. banter between them. Yes, and that that is basically the mm, gist of what he had said. Yeah, it's an interesting point because um, it gets to that point of like casual racism, doesn't it? Like it's a joke. Oh no, it's but it's not a joke, and mm. and at times that people just accept. Uh, anything could be about their race or their sexuality or anything like that. They'll just cop a joke so that they can fit in and be part of the yeah. club and not and get selected and all those sort of things. But then years down the track, they said, no, that it's, it's not till later. They go, I put up with that at the time, but it wasn't okay. And mm. now that I speak about it, but mm, it's interesting. You wonder what changes that will make. Now, I don't think it was Yorkshire. I might look it up, but uh, one of the English clubs had um, Chetashwa, and that's a poor attempt. I think it's uh, Chetashwa Pujara. Yeah, and um, I call him Steve. He's calling him Steve. Now, yeah. there is, like, why? Like, I fumbled through Chetashwa, but there would be players from the subcontinent who could help you say the name correctly. Um yeah. Well, you could just ask Chetashua yeah, himself, you could, you could, how exactly. do I pronounce your yeah, name yeah. correctly? I won't try well, and butcher it. Do you have a nickname? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or can we or just would yeah. you like being called Pujara? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, just to go there, it's just a bad thing. I'm sure it happens in Australia too, all the time. So I'm not saying anyone's above it, but just like it's just respect for one another. It's not you know anything, it's just one person to another in a way. Anyway. Yeah. I wonder too, like you're saying, like where there's a case of whether um Rafiq at that time found himself thinking that he might have been on the verge of test or one day or national selection. So he's like, I'm not going to rock the boat because I want to stay in the system because I want to do this. Mm. And now he's on the back end of being in the system. He's like, well, now I feel comfortable to come forward because I don't feel it's going to affect Derail my like, you know, livelihood yeah. and that type yeah. of thing, which is a possibility. Yeah. 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 Also, but, just um, don't do it in the fucking first place and then no one has to come for it. That's exactly right. And also, like, you know, put your hand up and admit it as a as an organisation. That seems yeah. the guys uh, at the head, you know, the culture, you talked about culture before, probably led by those guys in the board, chairman, managers. If they're not... Yeah, that's one of the most disturbing thing yeah. about reading that is the fact that they just went, yeah, there's this independent report that did find all this, but nah, it's all right. We'll just yeah. keep going. Don't worry about it's it. Just doubling down on it. Like yeah. it's a lot of sand in Yorkshire, apparently. <laughs> you could put your head in. Is that yeah. what you mean, Paul? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good one. Yeah. All right, anyway. we'll move on from that because I don't think we can really do much more to no. help it. So. Not the way we talk anyway. Nah, so we'll talk <laughs> We'll talk a little bit about some um, fixturing news that's uh, happening around Australia at the moment, which will make Roscoe oh, very happy. Guys. That's at yeah. the pointy end of the Blog podcast. Blog it off, guys. About. So uh, <laughs> that's a bit, of a, it's a bit of a good news, bad news situation. So we'll kick off with the bad news. So um, the uh, Afghanistan test that was scheduled for uh, Hobart uh, this month, I think it was, or early next month, has officially had the line put through it. and. Unsurprisingly, <laughs> CA stuck to their guns and um, have stuck to the reason is that the Taliban won't let women oh, yeah. play cricket. For the so good of women's cricket, they're not yes. going to award them with test matches because mm. you know, that's what we do. So, but let all their stars play in the Big Bash, though. I won't yeah. worry about that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, crock of shit. Yeah, yeah. We saw it coming from a mile away. We basically, when it first got suggested, it might be getting postponed. You can see that this was the path that it was going to go down, and it's just 
come to its unfortunately natural CA conclusion, and that is <laughs> that it's uh, not going to go ahead. The convoluted flow diagram yeah. ended up with not yeah. playing a test against Afghanistan. All the Again. complicated flow diagrams all flow into <laughs> cancel. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Olympics, I yes. don't want us to lose to Bangladesh on Australian soil. That's <laughs> Afghanistan. Um, oh, sorry, Afghanistan. In- interesting, Mick, guess that uh, the next series CA are going to cancel got announced. It did. So, uh, <laughs> as Roscoe alluded to, um, Australia has is at this point in time scheduled to break their 24-year absence from touring Pakistan. So, um, so the Pakistan Cricket Board has confirmed dates um, for a three-test tour plus some white ball matches. Um, that will be the first time that Australia will play cricket on Pakistani soil since 1998. So, yeah, so to give you a little bit of an idea of what happened on that tour in 1998, so um, Justin Langer was a part of the test playing 11. (laughs) And Andrew Simons made his ODI debut in that last tour of Pakistan. Ian Healy broke um, Rod Marsh's test dismissals record. Oh, there you go. That wasn't in my notes, but yeah. And four buys through and... Lost uh, that was 94. Oh, was it? <laughs> and Mark Taylor made 334. Oh, that's right. Shaw Akhtar. Yeah, so the plan at this point is, um, so they'll kick off with three test matches. Uh, the first will be from March 37th in Karachi. Then they'll go to uh, Raul Pindi um, from the 12th to the 16th, the second test, and finish up the test matches in Lahore. Um, that will run from the 21st of March to the 25th. Then they'll have some um, ODIs and a T20. So the ODIs will all be, and the T20 will all be in Lahore. They'll be on the 29th, 31st, 2nd of April, and 5th of April will be the T20. So that is the plan at the present. So from my memory, which I might not be 100% correct, but I think that, that tour will be over there um, while the Women's World Cup is in Australia for the T20s. Is that correct? Oh, I think that's in wrong. New Zealand. Oh, okay. Is it? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway. as, as also, Mick, uh, Australia have announced, as well as that, those dates to cancel at a future time, <laughs> they've also announced this week that uh, the one day, the uh, sorry, T20 team are going to New Zealand for the second year in a row. Yes. And that will be at, simultaneously at the same time the test team is in Pakistan. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think we're the only country doing this bullshit currently. Yeah, um, we've racked our brains collectively, and Gin thought India had done it once, and I yeah. thought England had given it a go once. But teams, to our recollection, both have then since then abandoned it. But Australia's like up to their fourth or fifth time doing these simultaneous tours. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's like I suppose it gets back to the whole theory, like back in the day where Australia was one. Of, look, I can't say they were the first, but as an Australian, it's one of the first nations I remember doing it when they really did try to pick a test and a one day side and they got rid of you know the likes of Mark Taylor and all that out of the one day side. That's when you saw Michael DiVenuto opening the batting with Mark War and all that type of stuff going on. But the problem at the moment is is then you see in the T20 now like barring what four or five blokes, that's our fucking test side playing in the final tonight. Mm. Yeah, like, look at the bowling attack. Yeah, it's like three test say, you swap out Zampa for Lyon. Swap out, yeah. swap out Stoinis and Maxwell for a couple other blokes and Finchie. It's basically the test side. So, yeah. 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 But anyway, 
That is what it is. Yes. So you're uh, saying Paul. Bison's playing tests. Ooh, he might. Oh. I won't put a bastard. He's that white ball form. If that's not going to get you different tests, I what fucking is. Oh. Exactly. I might jump back on the bandwagon. Yes, Paul. <laughs> I'm running a book. Um, <laughs> so when's this tour going to get cancelled? I've got 28th of Jan penciled in for me. Okay. Um, uh, I'm going. I'm going Boxing Day. Just slide it Ooh, out there because ah, everyone else would call. Everyone else would be busy thinking about the ashes. Uh, yeah. oh, I think it'd be just after Christmas break. So let's say the tenth of Jan, because they'll send someone over on a faux security check and they'll find holes in the Pakistan military security, and then they'll say, "Oh, sorry, got a thing from the government saying it's a no-go zone." Yeah. Well, I think cancelling this tour is purely about breaking Pakistani hearts. And what better date to break someone's heart than Valentine's Day, February the 14th? <laughs> <laughs> they just send a Valentine's note by the mail. So your test, your Roses are red, violets are blue. No more tests in your country for you. Yeah. Right. As good we'll as I can. We'll we think we're touring. Jokes on you. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be, I choose, choose, choose not to come to Pakistan. <laughs> uh, it is. Um, it is a thing, though. You wonder if um, some of these players now, like Dave Warner and uh, Steve Smith, uh, Star Hazelwood, you know, particularly Smith and Warner, they won't play hundred tests now because the last three years you basically played four tests each year. Yeah, so, um, I don't, I don't really, know. Warner have to worry about going to that Pakistan tour too much anyway. <laughs> but um, he might get know, wound up in Australia this summer, I reckon. I wonder if the players are at all miffed that they're not playing much if this keeps going because there's really oh, no you'd reason. Have to be. Like if you uh, want to, if you want to be a Test cricketer and they keep taking tests off you, it'd have to be hmm. frustrating. Like, yeah, that's right. But, and like they can't play normally. Oh, they might play a um, be playing tests overseas now, October, November. Often there's a tour, but there's a World T20, so that's fine. And then come to a home series, just the five tests, not too bad, but down from six last year, only four instead of say six of mm. previous seasons. They're not playing many tests, but how's anyone meant to try and break Haydos's? Fucking 400 run innings. If we don't get to play a few of these minnows in Australia, and just feel the shit trucks, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Disappointing. When's the top end tour coming back? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Mate, the, the way it's um, going in Melbourne at the moment, it's fucking monsoon season down here. Fucking Jesus. <laughs> July. Oh, bloody hell. Crazy. I mean, we said like it out It never rains in November. I don't think it's fucking stopped raining this November. <laughs> like, bloody hell. <laughs> Um, all right, let's move on to the uh, T20 World Cup. We'll talk about a few results and things that have been happening over there. So um, so since the last podcast, there has been about 18 matches that have gone on in this World Cup. <laughs> so, and we're reading um, them all out. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. We will the not top, be yeah. reading them all out because, <laughs> as they say in the classics, Fuck, fuck that shit. So <laughs> we're just going to... That was in Casablanca, wasn't it? Podcast focused on Australian cricket, international, domestic, and local. We'll focus on the Australian aspect of this world. There we go. um, On October 28th, the Aussies beat Sri Lanka by seven wickets, but as we know, it was really only three wickets. Uh, Sri Lanka (laughs) made six for 154. It was Pereira and Ashalanka who got 35 each, and Zampa would take two for 12. 
Gozes will get 3 for 155 in reply. Warner will get 65. And Hasaranga would get 2 for 22. Is that the game they dropped Bison from? I think it was the, the <laughs> game where Agar come in and they dropped him straight away and brought Bison back in. Unbelievable. Just Unbelievable. Fucking stupid. At least they came to their senses. Yeah. So um, October 30th, uh, we played England. They would beat us by eight wickets. Uh, Aussies are bat first. They got 125. Finch would make 44. Chris Jordan would take three for 17. Um, Last uh, dance. England, pardon me? Last dance for him. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> England would uh, would chase it two wickets down they, uh, with two for 126. Josh Butler, not to be confused with his brother, Josh Butler, will get 71 not out. And Ash Nagar, no, must, this must have been the game you played. Uh, yeah, this was the game. It cost us the game, you read it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's why, got, that's why they had to bring Bison back because they knew his yeah. bowling wouldn't get carded for one for 15. Um, <laughs> so, <Off> one. <laughs> November oh, 4th, we'll see us beat the Bangers by eight wickets. Um, we'd roll to 73. Zampa would take five for 19. I actually watched his Zampa bog quite oh. well in fairness to him. Uh, we chased it two wickets down. We get two for 78. Finch, you would get 40. And I think this was the game after this game in shocking me, and I read it online, he be, he went up the T20i rankings to number three for batsman in the T20i. So for Blake, it feels like he never makes any runs. He makes fucking a few runs. <laughs> yes, Roscoe. Oh, Bangladesh had a tournament to receiver. So I think they got bowled out for 60 or 70 twice yeah. <laughs> and didn't win a game or something. So the lead off. up, they beat Australia and New Zealand at home. Yeah. In this Shitty pitches. Yeah, yeah. Home security. Yeah. Uh, Hundred drinking their own bathwater, you reckon? Nah. <laughs> Pissing in each other's pockets, <laughs> each other's throats. I reckon. <laughs> How good are we? Bit of a strut going around the Bangladeshi <laughs> camp. Eh? I'm in a whole bunch of good-looking roosters strutting into the place. Yeah. Uh, who oh, are we doing? Um, <laughs> no. Whack November sixth saw the game that upset we'll many and a, a many cricket great as they fucking lost their uh. collective minds. As Australia beat the West Indies by eight wickets, which was really only five wickets, um, <laughs> we would we would bowl the Windies out seven for one hundred and fifty-seven. Big Kyron Pollard would get forty-four. Josh Hazel would take four for thirty-nine. Oh. Of those thirty-nine, nineteen Gosh. come off his very first over when Chris Gale yeah. went. I'm old, but I don't give a fuck and started building sixes <laughs> everywhere. He would go out not very long after that on Chris Gale, but. Um, so the Aussies would chase it uh, two wickets down. They'd make two for 161. Warner would get 89 red and the Bison would get 53. The Bison would be dismissed by Chris Gay, who had the best figures for the West Indies for the day of one for seven. And he would run up and give Bison a lovely big hug and thank him for his wicket on the last ball that he's over, which co- which caused a few um, former uh, international players to completely lose their mind because in their opinion, Chris Gale was carrying on like a pork chop too much because he was, you know, hadn't told anyone he was retiring because apparently Bravo told everyone he was and he didn't want to, and Gale didn't want to steal his thunder. So he waited until the game to steal his thunder instead of stealing it before the game, which is really fucking good of him, I think. <laughs> but, if uh, you're stealing thunder, that's the way I prefer to do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to steal your thunder, but in the but actual I'll, place I'll you're going to get a, a weird yeah. guard of honour, you just run out in front of him and say, I'm also retiring. <laughs> yeah, so Bravo and Gale, like, they carried on a bit because obviously they were retiring. But when it's Be all nice. said and done, in fairness to them, um, this is a little bit of like it, one, it's a little bit of just the way 
they've gone about their cricket as people. Like they're very flamboyant and over the top, very look at me, rah rah rah. Chris Gale's also what is he like? He's the made the most runs in the history of T20 yeah. cricket ever, and all that. Yeah. So yeah. He, there's an argument to make to be made that you just watch the Don Bradman of T20 cricket retire in front of you. So sure he probably deserves a little bit of fanfare in his defence. Yeah, sure. He's won a couple of World Cups. He's been with the Windy Stars, so Bravo. So they're highly decorated. So they probably deserved a little bit of a send off. And you know what? And so fucking be it. Like. Yeah, I thought it was good, Mick. Yeah, it was a dead rubber. I cringed when he was bowing after making 14, and you're like, yeah, okay, but it's kind of is the way he just goes about it. Yeah, he's the universe boss. Now, I did think it was strange, though, Mick, when he set off for a quick single and grabbed out his walking frame to help him get to the other end. (laughs) That was a bit unusual. I didn't see that coming. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so, yeah, the Aussies win that, which put him in the semi-final. So the semi-finals um, happened over the last couple of days. So uh, the <sighs> first semi-final, New Zealand beat England by five wickets. But under the Michael Crenny system, New Zealand actually lost by a wicket because um, England <laughs> made, made four for 166 <laughs> and, it, and New Zealand were five for 167 in reply. There's strong parallels between these two games. I won't go to the next game, but New Zealand needed 57 with four overs to go and they got there with a few balls to spare. So it was a very good effort, except for Devin Conway, Mick. Oh, yeah. So we're going to touch on that in a sec. So Mo and mm-hmm. Ali would make 51 red for England. Jimmy Neesham was the best of bowls with one for 18 for New Zealand. Daryl Mitchell, the opener, would make 72 not out for New Zealand. And as Roscoe mentioned, Devin Conway was going well and got himself out at the end of the game when it was starting to get tight and showed his frustration by punching his back. If you can understand, he's a little bit upset. He's probably even more upset when he got the x-rays back and said, you've got to break an end, you fucking dumbass, and you're not playing in the final. So he was probably <laughs> lining up tonight for New Zealand because he went out and carried on like a pork chop and punched his bat. So uh, good for you, Mr. Uh, Lunchmeat Conway. Well done. Yeah, and so, he, would you believe even with the name Devin Conway, I thought that's classic Kiwi name like Glenn yes. Phillips. And <laughs> that no, Devin Conway was born in Johannesburg. So well, no yeah, South African right. representatives, probably one of the other Kiwis is born in South Africa, so. Whatever. Well, we're yes. not the we're not the only people to hurt themselves um, with cricketing equipment after going out on yeah. um, the cricket field. <laughs> so I think we should cast no stones from this uh, podcast. He's <laughs> um, a good one. Yeah. So I think I think New Zealand got Devin Conway as part of the trade with England for Ben Stokes because mm. Devin Conway was South African. England had yeah. the rights to trade him. So I think that's how yeah. that all worked. And yeah. South Africa yeah. got some draft picks, yeah. which they didn't use. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> they classic. used poorly. <laughs> Cla- classic three-way swap. No, it was yeah. pick 105. They just passed on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. They got <laughs> the Nokia so, bloke. As yeah. mentioned, there was the second, yeah. the second semi where Australia will beat Pakistan by five wickets. But under the yeah. Karendi system, Australia also lost by a wicket. So Pakistan <laughs> would make four for 176 and Australia would chase it five wickets down for 177. Um, for Pakistan, uh, Mohammad Rizwan would get 67. Uh, for the Aussies, Mitch Stark would take two for 38. Uh, Warner, Dave Warner would get 49. And it was the hero at the end, Matty Wade would get 40, not, 41 not out as he hit three consecutive sixes to bring home the bacon for the Aussies. Uh, Shadab Khan will get four for 26 for Pakistan in that match. He bowled so, well, Shadab Khan, as yeah. spinner. They couldn't pick him. He got Maxwell and he got Smith in quick succession. I thought in big trouble here. But um, surprisingly, Stoinis, not surprisingly, Stoinis looked very calm. Wade looked a bit fidgety at times. 
and then he got dropped with um, that's uh, right in the, yeah in the, yeah. the third ball of the penultimate over from Afridi Hassan Ali uh, dropped him he had pretty easy catch standard international catch should have caught it running along uh, and then he hit a ramp shot and then he smashed one over cover and then he went for a second ramp shot and pulled it off and only my only criticism of the coverage was that after they'd won, the second ramp shot was enormous and yes. bounced and bounced up into the underneath the roof of the where the second tier comes over the first tier, and they never showed a replay of it. All you got was the one angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird because they had all the all the camera angles were great. I thought the they had like the, it's a roof sort of roof stadium or semi roof stadium had obviously cameras on the roof. And they're really good at showing, like, I, I, there's an angle I loved that was showing how far back the keeper was standing at different oh, times. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I thought, fuck, they stand a long way back. Because the keeper's standing and they had the camera. You can see the marks where the bowler's run-ups are to yeah. start. That's yeah. how far back they stand. I'm like, geez, I didn't realise they stood that far back. That, yeah, because you know, over the bowler um, yeah, footage, yeah. they just don't – you can't tell no, the distance. Yeah, there's no reference, right? Yeah, yeah, this angle that they were showing, I was like, oh, I've never noticed before that the keepers stand next to the bowler's marks for their starting point of their run-ups. Yeah, it's uh, huge. And their run-ups yeah. are like, what, 30 metres, 35 yeah. metres? Yeah. yeah. It's a long way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, makes it even yeah, worse. All those even... ones that fucking hadn't used to drop because he had so long to think about the ball. Yeah, like, you know, oh, 30 <laughs> seconds. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> never half a minute. Oh, I'm going to catch this. Fucking hell. But yeah, so tonight, um, as we record this, uh, later tonight is the final where New Zealand and Australia will go head to head. Um, it will be for one of them, it will be the first time they've ever won a T20 International World Cup. Um, so there's a bit of history to be had there. Um, I just want to make it clear to Mitchell Santner, if you do win, this will not be redemption for the 2015 World Cup, as you've said in the media, because you don't get that trophy. You get a different trophy, <laughs> mate. So um, Australia still get to keep that 2015 World Cup trophy. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, mate, that's not how this stuff works. So, yeah. yeah I did see a lot of um, also misrepresentation of um, history, Mick, in um English reports of um, what happened at the 2019 World Cup, and there was you oh. know, leading up to that game, the semi-final, saying uh, last time they met in a World Cup was a 50-over World Cup final, which England won. No, no it was a tie. They awarded the trophy. They got the trophy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, David. I've been getting stopped in the street, Mick. Um, yeah. <laughs> recently, uh, now that we're out of lockdown, um, um, I've obviously checked people's double vaccination status. Yeah. Yep. Tick. Show me your tick. That's it. And they say to me, "Do you feel like a bit of a dickhead now because of your rampage against T20 internationals for basically your whole life?" And I must say, I don't. Um, I still think it's a useless fucking format of the game. It should be a domestic competition and the World Cup should be played by domestic teams, not the fucking international teams. Like the old Champions League. That's it. And just have a massive one. Every four years, have a massive domestic T20 competition. But leave the fucking T20 eyes out of it because it's useless shit. 
64 team straight knockout on thinking bull. That's it. And, and the tournament goes for four years, Ross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So as soon as it ends, you start the next, next one. Start, <laughs> it starts again. again. Yep. <laughs> so you're champions for four years, but you're forever defending that title. <laughs> yeah, it's like Groundhog Day. What's doing yeah. tomorrow? We're playing in the Champions Trophy. <laughs> the day after, playing the Champions Trophy game. Uh, yes, very good. I was particularly excited to see that uh, Australia have found a um, a way to fulfil my prophecy of what they would do in this tournament, which was to not win a game. <laughs> yeah, same here. Uh, yeah, I, I, say, I reckon I said they'd win a whole lot, but I don't know if that's ever the contrarian, Mick. Ever the contrarian. Did I, say, did I say I didn't care? Was that my prediction? Yeah, I reckon. Because you guys started going on about, oh, they're not going to win a game, and I'm like, you know what? After all this bullshit, I bet they fucking yeah. win the whole lot. Yeah. Just to shove it up as big, yeah. Group of death. Group of death. Yeah, group of life. So and are the, we, we, Mick, were talking earlier. Are we going to stay up and watch it at oh, one a.m. Uh, our time? Fucking oh, no. It, it is possibly if you could pick a three-hour window that's least suited <laughs> yes. to being in Australia. That's it, one a.m. to four a.m. It's like you it's, can't get up early. The nine, eight, the nine p.m. game is good. Late. I think we had one of those this tournament. Yeah. It's weird that they didn't fixture it differently. You know, the, the best part of it is that you wake up and know the result because yeah. no one's staying up to watch it. Yeah. I was thinking about it. Going <laughs> oh, to bed early. Oh, the only time we got those 9 p.m. games is double edits because there's still a 1 a.m. game afterwards. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 I got drunk watching a few 9 p.m. games. Yeah, I got in mind watching the 9 yeah, p.m. Right. Well, they're on, I'll watch them, but I'm not going to fucking stay up and on we'll a see. Sunday night at 1 o'clock and fuck it. It's a World Cup, guys. Fuck the World yeah. Cup. I'm going down to a pub and watching it with my <laughs> fanatic friends. Get a tattoo when they win. <laughs> yeah, where you brought your like, t-shirt. Yeah. You? yeah, yeah, yeah. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. That's me, that's me, man. One bloke yeah. at the back of the pub just says, shut the fuck up. The pub will have got a special license for the occasion. Oh, they paid yeah. the extra money. Oh, for expecting the... 200, 200 ticked people to come into the joint. Oh, oh, so so to avoid disappointment. That's what it said on the door. <laughs> But I did also notice that Cricket Australia <laughs> come out and defended that not being on free-to-air TV, saying that uh, due to the no. time slot, it falls uh, outside of the anti-siphoning uh, rules or something like that. They, they, they said anyway. no one's going to fucking watch it anyway, yeah. you dickheads. Get off our backs. <laughs> yeah, I think it was outside because the anti-siphoning only works on um, Australian well, soil and yes. apparently something, and they something to do with time slots or some bullshit. Uh, it's fifty over World Cups. Oh, and, is that what it was? And and T Twenty World Cups on Australian soil. soil. It's weird. Yeah, a bit out of date. The old anti because it's meant to be of some sort of uh, massive significance. And T Twenty I this fucking is not. Like, yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, you'll be shut up, David. You'll be speaking differently when we win it. Oh, David, we win. creams of flat yeah. six. Or go and buy one of our dog ugly T20 I jerseys. And then just to cost all the players over the period of yes. the next 20 years to uh, get it signed. There'll be a ticket tape parade if they get back. Sure. <laughs> You'll be running out to the Toyota Camry or whatever they're fucking in the back off. Sign it, sign it, sign my job. I tell you what, we were talking about this during the week, speaking of T20 uniforms. That is the one thing I fucking truly miss about the old cricket, like 50 over World Cups, is that when everyone just had the same uniform yeah, in different, different colours and it made it look different, it made it feel different. This is not, just 
fucking it's all different uniforms with the name in the same font. That's all it fucking is. We, yeah. we can all agree that 1992 was the best yeah. year for ODI cricket. Fucking sure. oath it was. Yeah. Thank you. I went to that fucking final. Too. It is a weird Once concept. In a Once in a lifetime for me, that was. It's a weird concept to have everyone wearing the same uniform but different colours. Don't you think that's weird? Like no, no. other tournament's ever done nah. it. What about Essendon and Richmond? Just wear the same thing. No, but colors. it wasn't by design. <laughs> like they didn't go, we'll both have the same design but different colours. Yeah, they didn't make the two jumpers at the same time. But it's, it's cricket, Australia, oh, no, it's kind of always done that. Because even when they said Benson and Hedges, it'd be the same mm. three tops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's because it's it because must be a fucking Australian thing. No, it is because the other countries didn't have coloured clothing. They had white clothing. Yeah, okay. And then they come to Australia and they give them the kit to wear because they didn't have one themselves. And they go, sort your fucking life out. The, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the, the 1987 World Cup was played in whites with a red Yeah, ball. I do remember that. Mm. Look weird. It just looks weird to me. Had a Can you tell who was on each team? Like it's clashing. <laughs> now, I noticed there's a picture here on my laptop of the two captains with the trophy, and Aaron Finch is wearing the yellow mid '80s number that they've worn, like at the 2019 World Cup. Yeah. yeah. yeah but weren't we wearing the black pants and the? Fucking black. I don't know. Is it black because they too fucking nice, mate? And then New Zealand weren't New Zealand wearing their teal deal? Well, they had been in some of the yeah, games I saw yeah. highlights from. He's got grey and black on Kane Williamson. So, I don't know, mate. Maybe, maybe that's their off-field um, jerseys. Oh, maybe they're both wearing the class. Clash. Maybe Cause... that's what they wear to go out to take the toss, and then they come back with their playing. Oh, team. the blazer. Mm. No, here's here's my got a theory. So ICC expected India to be in the um, <laughs> final, so it's technically their home game. So both teams have to wear their clash. Yeah, tops. Right. yeah. yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Makes yeah, much sense than any other reason. That was a good joke, Les. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough about the fucking World Cup. Let's move on to the other thing our podcast is meant to be about, Australian domestic cricket. So, so we've had a few Sheffield Shield games happen over the last couple of weeks. Um, so we'll start off, we'll head over to the Wacker, where Kim Jong um, McGowan let South Australia in to play some Sheffield Shield games. Um, so... Sheffield Shield, uh, Sheffield Shield, South Australia and WA fight each other. <laughs> WA won the toss and elected to have a poll. Um, so South Australia would get rolled for 128. Well batted Roosters. Uh, Jack Carter would make 37 the top score. Jai Richardson would take the most wickets with three for 22 for the West Australians. Um, in reply, WA make 299. Big Hank Cartwright would get 73. And two tall Cam Greeny get 61. But it was the South Australian pair of Nathan McAndrew with five for 84 and David Grant with four for 76 to do the I damage like there. how you pronounce that the South Australian way, Grant. Grant. That's good. Yeah. So uh, SA had made 291 in reply. Henry Hunt would get 108. Well done. Right and Jay Carter would get 68. That 68 and solid 37 would be enough for Kerry O'Keefe to, to um, announce it. He should open the batting in the fucking first Ashes test. So that's a, that's a bolter. A bloke who could get a game somewhere else close to South Australia and gets a gig and all of a sudden can play fucking test cricket. Um, well done, Joel, Kerry. Joel Paris would take five for 63 for WA. Um, so WA need 120-odd to win. They got that four down with two tall cam green tops growing in the second innings with 38 red. WA would win by six wickets. 
Just one second, Alex. Points with no WA, 7.79. South Australia got 0. 0.6 because apparently oh. Jake Carter spelled his name wrong on the fucking team. <laughs> Is that the lowest points ever for a game? It's got to be close. I can't yeah. too many below one. Mm. Yes, Alex. Um, so Lloyd Pope was admitted for this game. Oh, no. Just, yeah. Despite having oh. his greatest season of all time. <laughs> Um, so I'm guessing you'll get selected for the next game they play, seeing as they got 0.6 points for this. Yeah. <laughs> they got they like won their first game with it or won as much as you could win in this weird point system. Yeah. Their first game, so they beat whoever they played on points with Lloyd Pope in the team. Bring Pope back. Bring back the Pope. Yeah. 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 Some heresy. It's <laughs> a concerning and worrying trend of not picking okay. Lloyd Pope. They didn't pick him for four games in a row last year. How? Well, did that do them? Shit house. <laughs> Aren't they just shit house the whole time? <laughs> exactly. I don't think Pope makes any difference to this. <laughs> well, that would be an ecumenical matter anyway. Yeah, that would be an ecumenical matter. <laughs> so, uh, Jamie Cox medal for this game. Three votes to Big Joel Paris. Two, vo- two votes to Mike's son, Henry Hunt. And one vote to Nathan McAndrew. So from there, the Vicks and New South Wales would finally play their first Sheffield Shield game for the year. The Vicks would head up to Dremoyne to take on New South Wales. Um, are going to participate? Yeah, here we go. So the Vicks won the toss and they elected to have a bat. So the Vicks would get rolled for 199. Nick Madison would get 87, devil's number. And big Sean Abbott was killing them, taking six for 38. So New South Wales are pretty chuffed with themselves, thinking 199 will do this standing on our head. Until the ball master Scotty Boland got involved, took four for 34, and they rolled New South Wales for 151. So Curtis Patterson at top score with 48. Um, in reply, the Vicks in the second innings would declare three down for 290, as Marcus Harris and Pete Hanscom would make a pair of tons and put on the biggest second wicket in uh, second wicket partnership in, I don't want to say Sheffield Shield history, but I think it is in uh, Victorian domestic Jura Milk history. Cup history? Um, <laughs> Jura, Jura Milk Cup, Cup history, history. yeah. yeah. So Ford Marcus Ranger Harris would make 137 and Pete Hanscom would make 115. And their partnership was 261. Uh, Sean Abbott would take two far in that second innings, two for 74. So New South Wales would require 339 to take the points against the Victorians. Um and they had a crack, but they just couldn't get there. And they got rolled for 134. Shit. As the man who, who I thought retired seven years ago, Peter Neville got 29 not out. Um, so the Vic shared the wickets around. It was three wickets to John Ireland, three wickets to the chairman, Will Sutherland, and another three wickets to the Bull Mastiff, Scotty Boland. Vicks mm. had win by 204 runs. Points were Vicks got seven. New South Wales got one. Yeah. No, Jamie Cox on the yeah, Jamie Cox medal. Unsurprisingly, because I gave the votes. Marcus Harris got three votes. The incumbent. Two, and Scotty Boland got one. On your who, was, who was the two, mate? Uh, Hanscom. Hanscom. Yeah, it's been all right, Hanscom. He's actually he's in a bit of form of late, old Peter. Mm. Um, so from there, we head up to uh, Townsville, where Queensland would take on Tassie at the Riverway Stadium. Uh, Queensland has won the toss and elected to have a bat. So they would declare six wickets down for 487, as Marnus would make 136, Renshaw would make 120, and Usman would make 119. 
Oof. The fact that Renshaw has 120 in between Manus and Usman kind of takes a little bit of shine off their tons and Usman's claim to be a chess player again. But anyway, <laughs> that is what it is. Um, Kylie Meredith would take two for 59 for Tassie. Uh, in reply, Tassie would get rolled for 182. The long neck Jordan Silk would make 47. But Who's it was a bit the of Queensland spinner Matt Kuhneman who would take five for 60 to outroll Tasmania there. So Queensland to come out for another bat. They would not enforce the follow-on because they are, as we like to call in the business, cowards. That's it. Um, so they would have another bat. <laughs> they, would, they, would declare, they would declare one wicket down for 132. Manus would make 60. Um, the sole wicket was taken by Gay Bell from Tasmania. He took one for 11. Um, so Tassie would require 438 to steal the game here. And steal it, they did not, unfortunately. They got rolled for 341, 96 runs short. Mm. Caleb Jewell would make 90, but once again, it was the Queensland spinner, Matt Kuhneman, who would take five for 107 to give him match figures of 10 Ginfra. for 167. Mm. Uh, Queensland, 8.07. And Kazi, speaking of low ones, Roscoe, 0. 0.2. Six. Oh. 0.26. <laughs> so now I think that might be the lowest one we've fucking heard. But oh. yeah. So low they had to add it at another yeah. um, decimal point. Yes, yeah. that's decimal it. Place. Decimal place. Decimal place. So uh, mm. Jamie Cox votes uh unsurprisingly is Matt Kuhneman for his 10 wicket match, uh Marnus for his ton and Renshaw for his ton as well. Oh damn. Um, Renshaw. Yeah. What did Jimmy Pearson do that game? Uh, I don't know. I didn't write down. Okay. Put him in the test side, though. Yeah. Give him zero. So next up, we had the Vic and New South Wales uh, clash again. But this time, the New South Wales boys would come down south and play at the MCG. MCG. As what we like to call it here in Melbourne. (laughs) So New South Wales won the toss. Collected to have a bowl. Uh, so the Vicks would declare nine down to 313. Addison would make 128. And it was the man we've been trying to get beside for a few years now, Essendon, Premier, Essendon District player. James Seymour would make his maiden first-class century, making 105. He brought as well, so good on him. Um, yeah. It was Terry's son, the big ginger, Liam Hatchell, take call for 86 for New South Wales. <laughs> Um, a ginger so ginger in reply, New South Wales would get rolled for 140. Yuck. Dan Hughes would top score with 59, Fuck. and Scotty Bowler would take three for 33. Um, so the Vicks would have another bat. Um, they would declare five down for 248. Pete Hanson and Matt Short would get 90 each. Jack Edwards would take three for 47 for Queen, uh, New South Wales. Would have been it would have been very impressive if you took it for yeah. Queensland against Victoria and New South Wales, but yeah. Uh, so New South Wales would need 422 for victory. They would get rolled for 247. Once again, Dan Hughes um, uh, top scored on 89. Even though James Pattinson tried to break his ankle by throwing the ball at him as hard as fucking good, <laughs> but he would bat on and get 89. Uh, Scotty Boland would take five for 56 which I think puts him in the pointy end. He might not be on the very top, but he's definitely in the pointy end of most wickets taken in the Shield so far this year. And he's only played two games, so well done, Big Bolo. His name's been brought up for the Ashes, so fingers crossed he gets a nod there at some stage. I know Warning wants to drop Mitch Stark every second week, so maybe Bolo can take that spot. 
Um, so the VIX would win by 174. VIX would get 8.0 points. New South Wales would get 0.8 points. Interesting one there, Mick. Uh, James Pattinson took a wicket off the front foot, no ball. No ball. Yeah. And then um, threw the ball at um, Dan Hughes. I saw that footage. He didn't yeah. look very impressed with getting hit in the ankle. <laughs> and then um, Pato got a one-game ban that he could serve in the Ryobi one-day cup. Yeah, called. which got washed and out. It was a complete <laughs> washout on Friday. Not a ball bowl. Yeah. And he also he got put his fined. feet up and everyone else was putting their feet up. Yeah, and he also got fined 100% of his match fee as well. James Pattinson. Cotton that. Sure did. And just showed that he took it all on the chin and took it yeah. in his stride. He then went to Twitter about two days later and posted three or four clips of other players doing the same thing in the Shield <laughs> this <did> year. <laughs> he is an A-grade balance, that guy. Yeah, he is. Uh, and um, I just like to think that, um, you know, what's he going to play this year? He play every second Shield game, so he might play five of them. And then what? they're only going to play five ODIs, so he might play three of them. So And then he lose his time for Brisbane Heat, I think, in the – Thingy, but he won't play all 14 games of that. He might play 10 if you're lucky. So, you know, he's just willy-nilly throwing away the cash for the 100% match fees. But anyway, there you go. It's just a couple of cashies jobs on the tools. That's it. Like just, like tools. So just going to work a Saturday morning somewhere. Yeah, he's not so. paying for haircuts because apparently Scotty Boland gave him that fucking haircut. Yeah. I read. Oh, oh, so Scotty Boland should have got 100% of his match fees. I just read it. New South Wales um, for... Completed innings so far, 151, 134, 140, and then 247. Going well. So yet to cross 250 just, in just four building. efforts. They're building. Ticking yeah. up on the exponential growth there, Ross. You know, you've got to start somewhere with exponential growth. So, True. Um, before, before I forget, Jamie Cox medal for this game, Nick Madison, three votes. The Get him master, in the test side. The bull master, Scotty Boland, two and one vote. For his uh, maiden first class, uh, James Seymour for Victoria. Seymour Skinner. Yeah, so Madison, <laughs> yeah, as Alex alluded to, Madison said that he feels he's ready to play Test cricket again. Um, he looks he like he's, he's in as much form as anyone else who bats in the middle order in Chile. That was so. actually serious what I said there. Well, I was yeah. like, he's looking better than anyone else batting with him. Yeah, Every time so, he bats, he just looks easy. It looks I think easy. it's pretty much at this point, like Marnus is already in the side, but at this point, if the guy's not in the side, it's pretty much uh, Madison and Newsman that are making runs. So, mm. Yep, Smith, he'll be in there. Mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yes, maybe. Smith might get in. So there were some other games that have concluded just recently, which Roscoe will touch on in a sec. Before he does that, there was one Marsh Cup game that I just want to quickly do, and then Roscoe can do those other Shield games. So Queensland played Tassie in Townsville um, at Riverway Stadium. Tassie won the toss and elected to have a bowl. Uh, Queensland would make eight for 186. Um, Matty Renshaw would get 76. And Pierre! Big fucking banana charcoal briquette eater, fucking Peter Siddle. Fucking spit that out. Say that fucking three times quick. <laughs> Took three for 30. Um, Duckworth Lewis, uh, Tassie would require 177 off 29 overs. They would get rolled for 131. The long neck, the King Brown, Jordan Silk would, would make 35. Connor Sully would take four for 39 for Queensland, whoever the fuck he is. Um, under Duckworth Lewis, Queensland would win by 45 runs. Mark Higgs medal was Matty Renshaw, Connor Sully, and Peter Siddle. Mm. So you've got some other Shield games that have just wrapped up in the last couple of days for me, Roscoe. 
Yeah, just run me through those votes again, sorry. Uh, for Mark Higgs. Yep. Yeah, uh, Matty Renshaw got the three. Pinnacle podcasting, fellas. Yeah. yeah. Just got to key that into the database. Hang on, stop everything. Yeah. Okay. And, and Siddle. Yeah, Siddle got the one. Yeah. Got to possibly go back and listen to it. Everyone <laughs> shut up. I've got to fill out the spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> Spreadsheet doesn't fill itself, okay? Uh, it stops for no one, Ross. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Before I go on, Mick, I just got a little update for you. Top wicket takers. Who do you yeah. reckon's top of the tree? Um, uh, Scott Boland. No. Uh, Kuhneman. Yeah, Matt Kuhneman. Oh, Matt Kuhneman's second. Mark Steckity on top with 18. Kuhneman, oh, 17. Oh, what Steckity, the, Mark what Steckity. the Steckity? <laughs> what the Steckity? Mark No. Steckity. You, your kit. you have to take a fuckload of wickets. <laughs> That's it. And Jay High Richardson, 16 from six innings completed. Top run scorers. Usman Kawaja, 404 runs from Fuck six innings. Already. Josh Philippe, 373 from eight innings. And our man, Henry Hunt. Helen Hunt's on 340 from seven innings. So interesting uh, that I shall now go on to the other games. It was South Australian Tasmania. They played in Hobart. So that was good. Guess what happened there? It rained a fuckload. It was rained freezing. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently the wind off the Dermot was nipping. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you could tell because all the catamarans were out, Ross. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. And the cameras were shaking as they were yes. the cricket. <laughs> Standard stuff in Hobart. <laughs> so um, South Australia batted first, and they're pretty ordinary except for Henry Hunt. He made 134 out of 220. I'll live in the drain. Yeah. yeah, Pierre, four for 42. And your man, Mick, Jared Freeman, 16 overs, three for 48. So just on three and over, which is good economy good for, for an off spinner. Yeah, four maidens as well, if you don't mind. Oh, mm, no hell. wides or no balls as well. So as Holy you should when you're dolly. bowling off four steps, you shouldn't overstep. <laughs> um, start next to the umpire, I reckon. That boat. Um, next, <laughs> we get on to Tassie, and they didn't fare much better, but they did manage to crawl to 282 thanks to half centuries to Wackham and a couple of Cowan tons to Ben McDermott and Timmy Ward at the top. Loves a good slow. Really taken off with a mantle there in Tassie. Tim Ward from you, Timmy. Uh, Ed Cowan, 29 off 102 balls, just going a stroke rate of 28 and 1-4. Just warding them off, you reckon, Ross? Yeah, just a lot of singles, a lot of pushes to square leg. You know, maybe <laughs> yeah. push one down, tickle one down to fine leg for yeah. um, single. You can give us just the ball, really, ball that would um, be excellent. Yeah, <laughs> just really looking for that one single and over. If um, it gets one in a good, good on, spot. On the last ball of the over, if possible. Yeah, the, well, one that's in his zone. If the bowler puts one in his well, zone, yeah. you yeah, for that's a his, single. It's his natural yeah. game. You don't deviate. That's it. Like, that's it. It's how you get to that level. That's it. And he's ward off the new ball, as you said. Yeah. Uh, other highlight was um, fucking idiots. My joke. <laughs> Peter Siddle making thirty. Oh, good on you, Pierre. Yeah, he went the big woolly wolf and got stumped by Carey off head. And um, Travis Head took two for twenty-two off six overs. So maybe a new career as a bowler beckons for him. He's pretty <laughs> anyway, much an all-rounder now. He is a cricket. shit one, but an all-rounder nonetheless. <laughs> a fielding all-rounder. Yeah. Let's yeah. see, Captain Hey, Paul, for around. the end of the potty, can you look up the stats on um, whether heads an all rounder and shield? Thank sure. you, mate. I'll be sure to read about in about an hour's time. <laughs> yeah, happy days. I'll get, you have enough time to do the research. That's for sure. Yeah. 
Match referee was David Johnston in this one. South Australia managed two points. Tassie, 2.72 for just getting their noses in front. They've actually got the 0.72 points on offer for first innings points. Mm, so that's good. Usman would be interested to know that. <laughs> Interesting, um, Ross, that, uh, what was it, Matt Johnston? Mm, David. Is a name, uh, David Johnston is a name I've mm. never heard of before. So it's not really a job for the boys sort of match referee there. It's not David Boone or... Yeah, it's a job for the Johnsons. But yeah. <laughs> well, I <laughs> think you'll Johnsons find out. that it's uh, a job for the first-class cricket boys. So that's why you've never heard of them. He played a bit of this day. Yeah. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know what that is. So yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Moving on. What's the next game got for Forever us? Forever in the dark on that one. Yes, we move over to sunny climes of um, Brisbane Town. Did he vote oh. for that one, Ross? Oh, my apologies. Henry Hunt got Everyone three. Everyone stop. Let him put it into the spreadsheet. <laughs> Henry Hunt got three. Peter Sibyl got two. And one vote I gave to Tim Ward for his Cowan-like effort at the top of the order. Good work, Timbo. Well done. Yeah. On your TW. Okay, we moved to Sunnier Climbs, which is Brisbane Town, where we went to the Wollongabba Stadium in the suburbs of Brisbane. And um, they got off to a bit of a shaky start, the Queenslanders. They were three for eight off seven overs. So um, luckily, as a rescue mission uh, by Usman, he made 70, and he managed to scrap into 129. So that was a fair dig. That's a good effort. 129, yeah. 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 Um, Manus made a first ball duck. Good on you, Manus. Yeah, anyway, uh, the big destroyer there was um, Lance Morris, took four for 21. Sounds like he could be a Kiwi with a name like that. And the other mm. big news was Cameron Green took a wicket. Well, uh, he's yeah. taken shield wickets before. Yeah, and guess what sort of prize wicket do you think Cameron Green would have taken? Number uh, 10. Or number, number nine. Oh. And it was, and, and, but when you hear the name, you'll be even more impressed. It was Gorinda Sandu. Oh, well, oh, hey. shit. <laughs> he got the sandals out. Diamantes on my goddamn shoulders, Gorinda Sandu. <laughs> <laughs> Put your sandals out. Yeah. Okay. Um, just to prove that anyone can make a first ball duck, WA's innings was started by Cameron Bankoff making a first baller. He seems to make a lot of ducks. Uh, on the very be... first ball of the innings, yep. mind you. Yep. Fantastic. All done there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not many people can do that, can they? <laughs> I reckon um, half of this podcast has done it. Yeah, yeah, I've got a feeling I've done it. Well, that, that's that's then that's fucking two, um, and that's three quarters. That's rare because I reckon I've opened like three times in my life <laughs> <laughs> for a reason. You done? I uh, continue. Okay, Josh Philippe made one hundred and twenty-nine. Oh, good um, on him. Steered the ship of the two hundred eighty-one. Best of the uh, bowlers for Queensland was uh, what the feckity it's Mark Stackity. Four for oh, you beauty. Yeah. Five no balls, though, mind you. So, oh, shit. Yeah. Coach took, him out. Game, yeah. Coach took him out the back, went right through him. Can't be bowled <laughs> five no balls. Zero tolerance. He's not going to be selected again for the rest no. of the season. <laughs> no. For five <laughs> games, one per no ball bowled. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's Gosh, the rule. I don't make yeah, the rules. I just tell you about them. <laughs> Please, the second innings is an interesting affair. No one made more than uh, Joe Burns 49, but Gorinda Sandy made 39. Oh, mm. Knocked me down until, with a feather. Until yeah. he was bowled by Darcy Short, who bowled seven overs, two for 37. Mm. But Jay Richardson, five for 23 off 23 overs with 13 maidens was a fair effort. Yeah, fuck Very it. much so. Mm. Uh, so that left WA needing 95 runs to win the game. And Cameron Bancroft showed that it wasn't a fluke that he made a first ball duck in the first innings by making 47 not out in the second. 
<laughs> who, um, who got bowled by Marnus, Roscoe? And that was Cameron Green got bowled yeah. by Marnus Labuschagne bowling mediums. And he, he left l- it. Left it, yeah. He left it, it and got yeah. bowled. Jagged back in a fair whack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. I've been there multiple times. Marnus off the long run. I can bowl and check yeah. mediums. Yeah. Now, yeah, interesting weird. name here opening the batting with Cameron Bancroft was Jaden Goodwin, who is the son of Murray Goodwin, oh, Murray. former WA and Zimbabwean batsman. Hmm. Jaden. I did see that. The only reason I saw that was because there was a thing going around saying that Sean Marsh, I think he made his first-class debut in a side with Jay, with Murray Goodwin. Uh, and yeah, Murray yeah. Goodwin's son made his debut in a side with Sean Marsh. Yeah, 21 years ago. Fuck, Sean Marsh has been around for a long time. I was like, they said 21 years. I'm like, my God. Yeah, he can still play for a straight too. Look at him. No No chance. He'll come up and make fucking no runs like he always does when he comes into the side. But he'll look good. His shirt will be tight and he'll have a nice chest and nice arms. So he'll look all right. He'll be erect. Play one cover drive and then go out next ball nicking off. Brilliant. (laughs) Uh, Yes, he Like Travis Head. Yes. Don't you say a fucking yeah, no, bad word about Mike Travis? Between 15 and 40. And then yes, yes. Yeah. No, but he won't nick off. He'll hit one in the air to short cover. No, he'll get it to gully when he's trying to flick it around the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steer it, steer it. Together. And it uh, looked like he has no defence to hold on his bats. The other bloke who there's a bit of a not-so-good news about out of this game was Mick Nessa. Did a hammy. Yeah, got injured. Right hamstring. Yeah. So it's a minor one. Pulled a string. But, um, yeah, pinged one. So no good for oh, him. No, if he didn't have bad luck, he wouldn't have any luck at all. That but Yeah, hasn't been lucky. That's for sure. Uh, well, so good was the bowling in the second innings. I'm not going to tell you anything about it. And Fair we'll enough. move on to the um, match referee. Well, this one is jobs for the boys. Kepler Vessels was the match oh, referee. Kepler. Yeah. WA, 7.81 points. Queensland, 1.05 and Sean Marsh um, retired hurt during this game, so I think he's got a uh, dodgy calf, apparently, which is an old man's injury. So yeah. there you go. Mm. Player of the match was Jay Ho Richardson. He didn't get the three votes because no one likes fifers. Everyone's more interested in um, blokes who make uh, a well-crafted um, 47. So I've gone the other way on this. I've gone for Josh Philippe's 129 when no one could make a run. He's getting the chocolates for the Jamie Cox. Uh, second of co, Jay Ho, you slip in there. And third, um, my man, and uh, well-deserved, no doubt, Sandu. Fucking <laughs> hell. So <laughs> leave Marcus Harris made a ton when I gave him votes. Fucking hell. Yeah, I know. It's turning into a fast now. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Uh, well, I'm impressed with this. You, you might not remember him, but Xavier Bartlett, a uh, uh, bloke who's been bowling for Queensland, played in their Shield winning final team last season. Mm-hmm. He's been kept out of this team by Gorinda Sandu. Yeah, fuck. Because Bartlett is, came on as a sub and caught someone. So I was like, geez, what the yeah. hell's going on? mustn't be able to uh, bat at all, Bartlett, then, if they're like, think yeah. they're getting something out of Gorinda Sandu's bowling and batting, maybe. Yeah, actually, I'm going to give Usman one because he made 70 out of 120. Oh, thank God for that. Yeah, that well, was right, it's no longer a farce, everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turn off the panic stations. And I've got a quick update for you, Mick, on that um, Vic versus New South Wales um, one-day game at the MCG yes. on Friday. It was a washout. Yeah, it was a washout. Yeah. <laughs> Who got the uh, bikes, the bikes putting the covers on? Yeah. Huh. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Star 3 2 one. Uh, M Nature got three votes. And, uh, <laughs> 
Yes, yeah, David. Good. Was that the last shield game? You bet. Yeah. Um, Alex, what do you yeah. think? What do you think an all rounder is? <laughs> Me specifically, or sort of like the general wisdom? Let's say you specifically, and then the general wisdom. Okay. Well, I think you got to average more with the bat than the ball. Okay. That's the general wisdom. And it's as well. probably somewhere around 30s for both. Okay. Yeah, and um, you're, an ama- you're amazing if it's vastly different, right? But most all-rounders are like well, 35, 38 batting and, you know, 30 I'll, to 20. Sorry, go. I'll tell you then that Travis Head is an amazing all-rounder because it is vastly different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> his first-class batting average is 39. Is so it really? qualifying so far as an all-rounder. <laughs> yep, and a New Zealand great. And his first-class bowling average is yep. near on 70. Is it really? Oh, 68.36. <laughs> Uh, it just seems better than that. Oh, slightly better at list A if you're hanging your hat on that. Uh, no, then, no, I'm not. There's no hat being hung. Batting anyway. average of 40.86 in list A, which is pretty handy. Oh, yeah. Bowling okay. average of 62. So he's getting them closer. Yeah. <laughs> closer. <laughs> Almost an Just in with the white ball. Yeah. 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 Oh, there you go. I stand corrected. Uh uh, just a quick one, Mick. Round yes. five of the Shields coming up. So New South Wales and Victoria are playing for a historic third time in the one season. <laughs> um, up to the SCG. The SCG is available Ooh, for cricket. SCG. Unbelievable. Shit. Yeah. Uh, South Australia are playing Queensland. And Tassie are playing WA down in Hobart. And uh, they've also got um, four Marsh Cup games coming up. So that means that uh, tomorrow there's a game at 230 so okay. pencil that one into your diaries. Not sure why it wasn't on today. Anyway, there'll be a big crowd there on a Monday. <laughs> Day-nighter, Queensland versus WA. Might have been and to then, give the WBBL clean air today, maybe. Yeah, I did think that, yeah. Yep. Um, but the WBBL was all wrapped up by 6 p.m. Anyway, yep. that's fine. Uh, New South Wales and Victoria playing another ODI, so their second encounter. South Australia, Queensland, and then Tassie versus WA as well. So just having a quick look at the Mark Higgs medal, that means WA have played one, two, three, four, five games already. <laughs> in the Marsh or just Maybe in all together? In the, no, in the one-day stuff. In the one-day stuff, wow. So they've already played five, so I don't we'll know. Just have the rest of the year off, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you at the finals yeah. if you make it. Uh, Queensland, for example, only played four. South Australia, three. <laughs> Victoria New South Wales too. <laughs> anyway, bit uneven. Whatever. Interesting stuff for us. Uh, we're going to the break. The Shield teams with uh, having played five each, except for W. Sorry, New South Wales and Victoria have played three. So uh, they'll be busy after Christmas. Yep. The Vic and New South Wales team. Shit. And I'm keeping a running tally of lowest ever scores. So round three, Tassie zero point two six is leaderboard. Yes. It's going to be hard to beat, I'd imagine. Um, so. so we'll just lastly finish off with a bit of Ashes news. So as we know, um, the members of the touring party that aren't involved in the T20I World Cup uh, landed in Australia last week. Um, so they have some tour matches that are going to go on. So England will be playing the England Lions. So that'll basically be an intra-club match um, November 23rd to 25th in Redlands in Brisbane. Um, then they'll play another one on November 30 to December 3rd at Ian Healy. And Australia will have their intra-club match at the same time in, at Redlands from December 1 to December 3. 
And then Australia A will play the Lions at Ian Healy at December 9 to December 12. That will all lead into the first test, which will be played at the Gabba from December 8 to December 12. So that means that there's going to be some interesting... There'll be someone, poor, some poor prick, going to be like 12 and 13th man in the test match. You can't play in the fucking second 11 game. So mm. that's a bit shit. But anyway. Oh, well. Uh, shit. Yeah, so first test will be Gabba, like I said, from the 8th to the 12th. Uh, second test will be in Adelaide from the 16th to the 20th of December. Then we'll obviously have third test will be traditional Boxing Day, which will be from the 26th to the 30th. That's then it. we'll have the uh, SCG. Um, new it's test. the New Year test, as in it's in the New yeah, it's Year. It's Julian Calendar. Which will be from the 5th to the 9th. And then we'll, have the, on this. then we'll have the WACA. We'll have the 14th to the 18th of Jan, which is I don't big, reckon they played the which is, anymore. Yeah, which is being oh, – sorry, no, it's just Perth Stadium. I said whack it, didn't I? Uh, it'll be Perth Stadium, uh, which is from the 14th to the 18th, which is being uh, marketed as the four weeks from Valentine's Day test. So, That's um, it. <laughs> Otherwise known as the Valentine's Day test. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the Feb test. Uh, When's it played? There's a little bit of interest around the fifth test because um, Kim Jong McGowan is upsetting people and – there's talk that uh, the Tassie Premier has come out saying we will quite happily take that fifth test away from Mr McGowan if he wants to keep behaving like a fuckhead. And they've actually approached CA with a proposal to take the test off Perth. I don't think it'll happen, but it's interesting that um, that that's happening at the minute. Yes, Dave? I reckon we should make it a floating test and decide where it goes based on the scoreboard at the time. Yeah. So if it's two all, off to Perth. If we've already won, fucking Tassie can have it. Yeah. And um, another interesting thing, Mick, is I'm pretty sure the players out of the you know, who go into Australia A squad or whatever have left Victoria and Tasmania. They're not yes. playing in this shield round coming up. They've gone to Queensland for 14 days quarantine. Yeah. Just... yeah. Things like Boland and a couple of other blokes oh. might be playing for Victoria this coming game. So, yeah. Crazy stuff. Nathan Lyon drove up. <laughs> yeah. Went to Melbourne see his kids Canberra. in Canberra. Yeah. yeah, his kids still live in Canberra. He's moved on, but his kids still. Yeah, <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> He's got um, Bison's mm. X. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll leave that there. Yeah, probably good one. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. probably move oh, on could, from there. No, uh, yeah, so that's, that's what's going on with the Ashes schedule. Um, yeah, so that's about it. So, um, has anyone, anyone, anyone got anything else they'd like to chip in with? Yes, absolutely David. not. Just that uh, Crick Info doesn't have how many ducks a player makes, so I couldn't look up Cam Bancroft for you again. Ah, uh, sorry, mate. Uh, and Murray Goodwin's batting average forty two point eight four in Test cricket. Oh, very good. Yes, Roscoe. Yeah, well, just a final thought from me, Mick. I uh, just noticed that Cricket Australia is looking to get into some NFT, and as you oh. know, I'm. Big non-fungible in tokens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you fucking never shut up about them, Ross. <laughs> and in fact, cricket is moving into the age of crypto. 
Ooh. Ross, you see, this is where you and me butt heads because I'm totally into <laughs> fungible tokens. So yeah. this is where we differ. We differ yeah. on many things. This is one of see, them. Me, I'm into fungus tokens, which is where people <laughs> just draw things on mushrooms. Oh, yeah. I they keep them in the fridge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a bit of a collector. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's so big that CA's cyberspace memorabilia deal is shaping to the most valuable um, agreement after the broadcast rights and should be announced in the next month. Uh, guaranteeing a previously untapped revenue stream. So, you know, if you like money and you're not, <laughs> you know, that worried about cricket, get onto non-fungible tokens yeah. because, yeah, there's things like, you know, the NBA's first entry into the NFT market with a series of video highlights is said to have generated $500 million in transactions. So I think Get that's along. good. And Cricket Australia could look to do something like this. And I like the crossover with um, the NFTs and the crypto markets because I think they could oh, yeah. actually tap into some of the expertise of someone such as Jason Ackermanis, who's got billions yes. of dollars of crypto country, cryptocurrency just waiting to be unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> what, what better bloke to run your non-fungible tokens scheme for Cricket Australia than scheme. a former professional footballer? <laughs> yes, exactly. Knows uh, he's been Jason there walk to walk, talk to talk, that's and has it. his own Acker coin. So yeah, that's yeah, it. brilliant. I think uh, he's the man they're looking for. I can't so, see anything going wrong with getting no. into a thing that seems purely no. built to launder money through. So I couldn't think of a bigger problem at all. So I do Cricket Australia, go for it. I think they I'd should love put to all see their these out. Yeah. I think, you know, they should sell the buildings they own, like Jolly Mod House, whatever. They should sell that and invest <laughs> that money into some more cryptos and non-fungible tokens. Well, I've already put a, um, a sizable bid on a non-fungible token of Shane Watson doing the nude batting for the press. <laughs> so that's gonna that's mine now. And if I see that anywhere, I'm going to sue the fuck out of you if you use that image. So it's mine. There's only one of them and it's mine. <laughs> I actually put a video on a non-fungible token of, um, it was actually like a hologram. You saw Watto, dead plum in front, and then the next image on the hologram was him reviewing it. <laughs> I've also put a lot of money into that photo of Alastair Cook standing next to two chicks with painted on English tops in the middle of the oval too. So that was a good one. A historical piece of work, that one's not the Mona Lisa of non-fungible tokens. Yes, Frederick Harold Sock Company. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we've done all we can do with that. I personally don't understand NFTs. I think it's, oh, a, fucking no it's idea, a gigantic man. fucking scam. But you know Massive. what? If you're scamming money out of people and they're giving you money, fucking good luck to you. Good luck to but, you. Scared um, me once. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll do us here for this week's uh, Fortnite's episode of the Mid Off podcast. I was going to talk over you, Alex Feedback. That's all right. <laughs> so, um, like David said, hit up our friends at Frederick Harold. We're getting oh. close to Christmas. So, if you want to get someone socks for Christmas, get in early before Australia Post completely implodes and fucking can't ship anything <laughs> around Australia. Um, but Check yeah, us so out on Redbubble, Mick. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you later. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye-bye, everybody. Check us out on Redbubble. We've just started some non-fungible tokens on them. <laughs> non-fungible <laughs> non-fungible, non-fungible stubby holders on Redbubble. Yeah. <laughs> Make it a mozza. <laughs> Get a non-fungible coffee mug. <laughs> Lot, lots of one. There's only one you can purchase. One baby bib with a bit off written on it.